lovely listeners, welcome to episode 127 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular Stace, and joining me in the parlour this month is a returning champion and jolly bloody lovely lady, it's Jenny Youblad. Hello dear. Hello, hello. Oh, I love how you said my surname as well. <laughs> oh good, I practised. <laughs> Yeah, I listened right. I, I listened to the episode of Wine and Zine that you were on so that I could yeah, practice because yeah. I heard you say it a couple of times. <laughs> I, whenever I'm on a podcast, I'm just like, how are they going to say it? Like, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I didn't fuck it up too badly because I would hate to not, do that. No, no. <laughs> good, good, good. Welcome back to the parlour. Thank you. I'm very, I'm very happy to, to be back just to like talk about nonsense for a little bit. Oh good. oh, good. I feel like I should uh, I should warn anybody who, uh, you know, if you're new to the show and you think, oh, you know, get to the end and you think, oh, I really like that, Jenny. Let's go and have a listen to the other episodes that she's been on. Um, I feel like I should forewarn people that most of those appearances were on the live shows that I did and they were usually after dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I work in, in, in places after dark. Right? <laughs> that sounds wrong. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I also work with things that involve a lot of swearing and um, sexy things. So, you know. <laughs> well, swearing is swearing is fine still in the parlour because like, I don't care. I don't care what time it is. So I don't give a fuck. But yeah, I feel like I should just forewarn people that there was a lot of talk of like dildos. And there might yes. have been a sex theme park, maybe. What? I think I think we talked about a sex theme park or a sex museum or something. Oh my god! Like honestly, <laughs> whenever I go on these podcasts, it's all just like a fever dream to me. I just sit down <laughs> and they go, "Okay, now let's have a chat," and then I just start talking. And then, like an hour later, they just kind of go, "Thank you very much." And I'm just like, "I have no idea what just happened." And I just see like on social media or something afterwards, like what people thought. And like on the the previous podcast I was on, I can't remember which one it was right now off the top of my head. But like literally after it, I had a drawing of like a Zeppelin on my desk and it was like people having sex in the Zeppelin. And then I was told that that was like we'd been doing like some live sex Zeppelin drawings on the podcast. And I was like, what's happening? That's amazing. Who am I? (laughs) What's going on? I think that's wonderful. I mean, I mean, yeah, or just like I'm having a crisis. I, one of the two. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting media, like podcasting is an interesting media to try and draw things on, unless you were doing a video podcast, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> have you thought about doing that? Oh, I have, but I hate my own face. So. Oh, no, your, your face is pretty. <laughs> oh, thank you. Only from one very specific angle all the way up on the left. <laughs> but, thank, but thank you. Thank you for saying that. I always tend to say to, to some to some other people when they're like, oh, Jen, oh, you've got a nice pretty face. I tend to be like, you know what? It's all in the lighting and it's all in the <laughs> angling of the selfie. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And then you obviously have the, the, the special apps on your phone called like Polish and stuff. And then you can make yourself look... Real good. <laughs> I uh, I put up a photo on Instagram the once that was like um, me trying to like <laughs> basically being like, oh, it's all about the angles, lads. And there was a picture <laughs> that I took from way up on the left, which is my go-to selfie 
uh, picture and I, I like my hair looks lovely and I've got my eyes peeking over my glasses and I look very Ooh. like adorable and sort of slightly sexy and a bit dangerous oh. and then the next photo was taken like from below and I'm pulling my head back so I've got like a, a, a like 15 chins <laughs> and you can see right up my nose and like I've got like you don't Someone notice this that, from you don't notice this from many angles but my nose actually points up slightly uh and 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 because it does that i can't actually close my mouth all the way without quite quite an effort which is a really weird thing to have to say if you this is why i love wearing masks on public transport right because otherwise i just sit there with my mouth hanging open looking really gormless no one can tell when you're wearing a mask as well (laughs) literally it's all i do people think i'm out of breath and i'm just like no no it's just my it's just my face i just can't i just can't breathe through my nose and it points upwards into the sky slightly but if you take a picture from a bottom angle i actually genuinely look like i could be a relative of mrs piggy the other reason to be wearing masks other than other than the obvious one mm-hmm. is obviously like if you're listening to music and then you get to sort of sing along or mouth along to the lyrics and nobody yes. can tell what you're doing or oh. you can just like talk to yourself God, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds wrong but you can just talk to yourself and no one, no, no one will know because you've got a mask on. You can do whatever you want with your mouth. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> within reason. I, uh, I No, I, I used to have a habit of sort of uh, mouthing along to songs anyway. And I did get a lot of weird looks on buses. So it has definitely, yeah. it has definitely helped. Although it, has, it doesn't help if you actually start singing out loud, which I've done on a couple of occasions without realising until people are like genuinely looking at me as if to say, stop that now. Please, <laughs> Please no. <laughs> do you realise where you are even? <laughs> No, most most of the time, no, I don't. Oh, <laughs> no, I just like to sing. I just like to sing. It's a thing that drives Rich Mahabi absolutely insane. Is that if I know the words to a song, even if I don't like it, I want to sing it because because oh. I just love singing. I'm not great at it. I'm very like, obnoxious when I get in a shower. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the opposite over here. Like uh, my my lovely husband, my my man. For anyone who doesn't know, he is the one who sings. At like everything in the shower he's singing um and like whenever he gets up in the morning he's singing when he's walking around the house he's singing he, yeah. he will like make up songs that's yeah. just to troll yeah. me so he will just um i can't sing them on on the on this because they are not safe to sing so i will not do that uh just you know use your imagination uh, but yeah so he's the one who's got like and he's got a really pretty voice as well so i'm just there just trying to to make noises and i I just sound horrific and I never know the lyrics because I can only like before I knew how to speak English I am um, I actually like I listened to a lot of English like music and stuff but mm-hmm. I obviously didn't know the words so I only knew the sounds so sometimes I will just yeah. make noises that I think is an English sound <laughs> but it's not. Um, so it, it will just be like if it's a an old song from my childhood probably something from like the early 90s can't think of it right now but like I will just be like hey, her, hey, hey, her, I love you and then they're, they're just like what the fuck's going, what's going on with her Oh, that's actually the, the more English I learned, the more like I could slot in the words into the actual song. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a learning experience, but I sound <laughs> fucking awful. So that's why I don't tend to sing when anyone's around. 
um, I am. Um, I tried. I tried to when I was learning Japanese. Uh, that they told us to like you know soak up as much Japanese as we possibly could. So I started like you know watching films and anime and things, and I started like listening to to some Japanese bands. And the number of songs where I learnt the words, but I had no fucking clue what I was saying. Like I could I could have been talking the most offensive shit. I don't do know. You, do you speak Japanese now? Not very much, no. But I still remember quite a few song lyrics. Wow. Like, um, there was uh did you ever watch death note i watched a little bit yes okay so you remember the theme tune that goes yes. um, like yeah so like i know all of the words to that song but i don't know what they mean <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying it could be really bad i could have just said like the worst thing i could possibly have thought to have said and all my japanese listeners are like to everyone well. who speaks uh, japanese listening <laughs> or enjoys singing oh yeah, yeah. just a apologies to everyone just sorry just sorry everybody (laughs) (laughs) off to off to a bad start (laughs) it is all good um hey do you want to talk about some pop culture because that's ostensibly what this podcast is about I mean, when you asked me to come on, and you literally were like, well, because I was like, so what do you want to have a chat about? And you were like, well, we normally tend to talk about what we've just read or watched or, you know, enjoyed lately. And I was just like, literally, when I read that message, I was I was like, oh, my God, I don't read or watch or enjoy anything. What are, Oh, what am I going to do? So literally what happened was that I went to my husband and I was like, oh, my God, I have to be on a podcast and know things. I, I, all I do normally is sit down and just draw porn. I don't know what to do with my life. And uh, so he basically brought out his three favorite movies that I hadn't Ooh. watched before. And uh, we wa- we watched them over three days, I think it was. Uh, so I have actually got them in front of me. Um, and they are in. Oh, God, how do you say this? In Bruges. Yeah. In Bruges. Yes. In Bruges, yes. And uh, <laughs> role models. Excellent. And training day. Ah, okay. So let's start with training day because I haven't seen that, but I don't mind if you spoil it for me because it is very old. <laughs> yeah, so like I was chatting to one of uh, one of our mutual friends called Lee uh, about this and basically he's also not seen it, which surprised me because that man has seen everything he's seen all uh, of it yeah i don't know how he has time for life yeah. <laughs> but like uh, apparently it's a classic i had never heard of it in my life i had never seen normally i'm just like okay if it's a classic it means that i have seen i have uh, like absorbed some of it through like cultural osmosis <laughs> the on the internet probably. i have seen you know i've seen some memes I've seen mm. some gifs. There must be something that I've seen from this movie so that when I watch the actual movie, I'll be like, oh, that's where the nodding pancake gif comes from. <laughs> I get it now. But like, literally, we sat down and we watched it. First of all, it's an amazing movie. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, just, I'll just get that out of the way. It's great. But like, we watched it and I was like, I literally have never seen this before. I'd never seen any mention of this ever anywhere. I've never seen any pictures of this anywhere. Nothing. So this was a completely like new experience. And also, I mean, that doesn't take much because I don't <laughs> watch movies. Like, I, I haven't <laughs> seen like anything. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, basically it's Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. And uh, it's... Hold on, hold on. It was made in what the nineties, wasn't it, or something like that? Basically, before people had smartphones. (laughs) During the whole movie, I was like, "This could have been solved with a smartphone." What are you doing? Yeah, Yeah. that's why a lot of things are set in the eighties now, though, isn't it? Because people don't know how to write movies where people have smartphones. 
just are like, oh, this is this situation is fixed already. Yeah, just Google it's it. Not, um, just yeah, just Google it or just call someone or <laughs> I think it was two thousand and one. No, was it two thousand and one? I don't know how to read. <laughs> but okay, well basically the, the actual the actual film itself is like a thriller, is like a cop thriller. Ooh. And um it all plays out for one day, hence the name Training Day, I know. And literally it's this guy, it's this rookie cop. Ethan Hawke and he's like oh my god uh, I'm gonna become a, a big boy cop and uh, I'm the-. so he goes to his wife and uh, and they have a, like a newborn daughter and, and, and she's like oh you're going off to your big boy thing now and he's like yeah I'm really gonna impress them I'm gonna be so good and she's like good luck I love you and then he goes out and he then meets this guy who's going to be his mentor i guess or something and that mm-hmm. is denzel washington and then he's like okay let's do this so he sits down with denzel washington and denzel washington is like you you're uh, shit no wait <laughs> <laughs> i'm not explaining this very well basically he's he's like um there is a, there is a there's a theme that goes through all of the movies that my husband likes mm-hmm. he likes movies where there are charismatic assholes okay. Right, okay. Um, and denzel washington's character who i think his name is alonzo he's just a charismatic asshole and uh, so he's just there being basically roasting this newbie and being like oh hey you think you want to be a narcotic son you don't know what you're getting yourself into boy and all that stuff and then everything from that point on is just like I'm going to show you what the real life is like in narcotics. And then they go out on the street and then they do a lot of punching. And then it's like, wow, I'm, I'm explaining this really badly. I <laughs> it sounds great. Drunk, by the way. I've only had water. Um, and then it's like, yeah, so there's loads of like gang violence and drugs. By the way, we're going to take these drugs from some kids and then you're going to smoke it in the car. The cop says to the young cop. And the young cop goes, what? I'm not going to smoke that. What, what are you talking about? And he's like, do you want to be in narcotics? In Yes, you do. In that case, you have to smoke the narcotics. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? This is a, I'm not a cop anymore. That's and then, very bizarre training. Yeah, yeah. So it all just <laughs> rapidly downhill. And uh, I guess spoilers from here on on. Uh, basically, it turns out that Alonso is a Denzel boy. He is like he is a real hothead and he's gotten into some real trouble with with all of the bad boys. And uh, he now owes lots of money. If I've understood this correctly. OK, so he owes a <laughs> lot of money. So he's actually using the newbie boy to try to get like money and then they get the money but then he tries to frame the new boy without him knowing it. And then there's like a big shootout and then he dies. Oh, no. See, now... It's all in said... one day, by the way. <laughs> when you said charismatic asshole, like, you reminded me that this this film gets parodied in an episode of Rick and Morty. Does um, it? It does. And the thing is, because I've never seen it, like... So there's an episode of Rick and Morty that's set on the Citadel, which is basically a place where Rick's and Morty's from various different dimensions and parallel universes and whatever just like mm. go to like hang out with each other or whatever and some of them live there the and some way, of them stop there yeah the way you're you're also now explaining this to someone who has literally never watched <laughs> any rick and morty in her entire life so i'm just listening to this as a complete virgin go on <laughs> so so there's an episode that's set on on that citadel that's mm. like a day in the life of a, a handful of the ricks and mortys and and one of them is a is a rookie 
a rookie cop. I think I can't remember if it's Morty or Rick that's the the rookie, and the other ones like the the like grizzled, like elder, like training guy. But yeah, because yeah. because I've never seen Training Day, like that whole bit just didn't make any sense. I was like, what? Why are we doing this? Like this doesn't make any <laughs> What's sense. Happening? And then the, the other films that the other Ricks and Mortys that were following and referencing are also films that I've never seen. Oh. So I was just like that whole episode. I was just like, what's have I smoked something accidentally? What What am I watching? I don't get it. And it was only afterwards when I was listening to a Rick and Morty podcast where they explained all the like parodies and, and the leaks and the homages. Because like one of them, I think, was like Stand By Me, which I realised I should have seen because it's like Stephen King and everybody loves it and it's got like River Phoenix in it and whatever. And everybody goes, oh, it's like one of the best films ever ever made. But there are many holes. I have not watched it, by the way. Of course, of course. There's... um. Well, the thing about me, Roy, is that I didn't really start watching films until I started going out with Rich. Because when I lived with my nan and granddad and my big old family in our biggish house, the, my the, like the only films we could watch were films that my granddad didn't mind watching. So unless it had Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sliced Alone, you've disappeared. Literally. Oh no! Am I back? Oh no! Oh. No, you there. You go. All I oh, heard good. was Stallone, and then it was like <laughs> it just went silent. Oh no! I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but yeah so like yeah if it didn't have like a big famous action star and be all about like splody splody guns guns or like kickboxing or something then we didn't really watch it in our house i managed to like sneak labyrinth and the princess bride on every now and again that's oh, labyrinth it. i have watched that i love labyrinth so it's much such a good movie it's so fucking weird we yeah. tried to introduce my sister's husband to labyrinth and i'm i genuinely think that if you didn't watch that when you were quite young it's just too weird <laughs> he was watching it the whole time just going why am i seeing so much of david bowie's package and i was like well why you know, not why not <laughs> Do, don't you like it when he rolls his balls in his hand i yeah, do don't we all don't yeah, we all and he sings us a lovely serenade and then tries to murder our children yeah what more could Perfect. you want from life but anyway yes so like i've got massive holes in my like film watching <laughs> well, what year was that so when did you start i I moved out when I was 24, so that would have been like 2010-ish. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how old I actually am, what's happening. I was born in, <laughs> eight, I was born in 85 and I moved out in December 2010. Oh, you're a fellow 85er, I'm also yeah, I'm 36 years old, by the way, so you might, be, you might be around 36 then. Yeah, I'll be 37 in September then. Hey. Um, so I'm a little Virgo baby. I don't know why I did that accent then. Little baby. Little Virgo baby. Um, So, yeah, so I've got, like, massive, massive holes in my, like, cinema watching stuff. So once me and Rich started going out, he made me a list of, like, 50 films to watch before I turned 30. I still have only watched uh, maybe about 15 of them. (laughs) 50? 50 films? I think it was 50. Yeah, he made me a list of, like, films that he thought that were either culturally important or that he particularly liked. Oh, okay. Wait, culturally important. So it's like, it's going to be the one, that one with the rosebud or the one with the razor heads? Yeah, yeah, things like that. But then there was also ones that, like, he just liked and wanted me to see, like, Gross Point Blank, which is one of the ones that I have now seen, and it is very good. But I I can't remember if Training Day was on that list or not. But, like... Yeah, it does mean that, like, when things get referenced in other stuff, like, I just don't understand. Like, there's so much Simpsons stuff that I've seen that's, like, soaked into my brain. Mm. And then I'll watch a film and be like, oh, (laughs) that's what that's from. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all the time that happens to me. I was like, oh, that was a joke. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) 
like uh, with me, uh, we there was again, it's kind of like the reverse. So when I was back in Sweden as a kid, I, we did we had like you know Cartoon, Net, Cartoon Network and all that stuff, and uh, we also had you know a telly, and we used to watch movies, you know, on VHS and things. And I used to be able to uh, borrow movies from my friends. Mm. So like, and also went over to my other friends and watched movies at their house and stuff, so I could watch movies that were um, for older people. But um, like horror movies, not smart, by the way, horror mm-hmm. movies uh, and stuff that like uh, that I couldn't watch at home. So like I actually when I was a kid, I think I, I did watch quite a bit of stuff. Um, and also like then when I became like a teenager, I had a massive crush on Jet Li. Like, I oh, was, that's understandable. I like massive <laughs> Stan, like to the point where I had lethal weapon. I, I actually got to borrow the VHS of Lethal Weapon 4. And um, there is a scene on the rooftop uh, where there's like, I think there's like a dove um, cages or something on the rooftop. And Jet, I mean, <laughs> and Jet Li is up there being all hot and stuff and evil. And then like he, um, I think he's about to strangle an informant or something. And literally that scene, I rewound that scene and watched it again so many times that I broke the VHS tape that belonged to my friend. Uh, they didn't know. And I don't know if they know we don't talk anymore <laughs> anyway um so like I don't, you don't talk anymore because of that incident <laughs> So I just I, I just basically put it back in the case and then gave it back. And I didn't tell them that I broke it at that spot. But what I'm trying to say is that I was very, very into that. And I used to like watch a lot of other like just like Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. And yeah. just really enjoyed that sort of thing and loved like my absolute favorite movie ever is Fifth Element. Like love that movie. It's just mm, 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 delicious. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I actually did watch quite a bit. Then I moved to the UK when I was 19. So I don't know. I don't know maths or dates, but I think <laughs> it was in like 2000 and something. I don't know. I'm a 1985 kid. So you know, <laughs> someone do the maths. Um, so, yeah, I moved over. And then I like I, I think we only watched like a few movies while I was here. And then I just stopped completely because I got mm. completely like uh, wrapped up in work and stuff and being a complete workaholic. Um, so, yeah. So, like, that means that from like 2000-ish, I guess, um, I I haven't like seen anything and I haven't seen like any, I mean, don't, don't evict me from like the, the <laughs> geek club, but like I haven't seen any of like the Marvel movies or anything. So when people ask me on, on stream, because I live stream on Twitch, um, when people are just like, oh, you're a comic book artist. Have you seen the newest, I don't know, um, Spider-Man or the newest <laughs> Star Red Wars or, you know, all of those. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> and they're just like, what? Get out. So, yeah, that's kind of where where I'm at. Like, I, do, I just haven't seen anything. And it's only now when... You told me to come on to a podcast, <laughs> then I'm just like, oh fuck, I best best be watching now. <laughs> but to be fair, you know the three movies I haven't seen Training Day, but the other two I very much like. So I am intrigued to I'm very intrigued to hear what you thought of In Bruges because that's that that is the kind of film that like I absolutely adore, but I don't know who to recommend it to because it's so like 
specifically what it is. It's so specific. Okay, so the thing about in Bruges is like, again, it is charismatic assholes. So like, they are so, the entire movie is so, so, so inappropriate. Like, there is is so, there is like, sexism and racism and um, they're like, horrible... There's all of the isms. Um, they just they they are foul mouthed. They're all terrible, terrible people. There is like that. What was it they said? I can't believe I'm this in, in an Irish accent, which I'm not going to attempt. Um, <laughs> they're like, I can't believe I'm um, ha- having coke with two manky prostitutes and a racist dwarf. <laughs> two manky hookers and a racist yeah, dwarf. Yeah, two, two manky yeah. hookers and a racist dwarf. And I was just like, whoa, okay, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> we're in it now. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely would say that if if um, someone would enjoy very British slash Irish humour um, mm-hmm. and it, it, they're into people saying, you know, the C word a lot, um, <laughs> uh, and you know, just dark yeah. com- like black comedy, then they will love this. And also just the fact that they are terrible people, but the way they've been written and the way that the actors act, I guess, um, they it just works. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't come across as offensive. It's just like, it's funny. And you have to be really, really good to be able to to have that kind of material and make it funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I think that anyone who likes that kind of stuff will be very much enjoying, like, in in Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I introduced my mum to In Bruges a couple of years ago. Oh, no, what did you think? <laughs> oh, it was amazing. So my mum is, she loves films, but, like, she's a very busy lady. She looks after my sister's kids while they're at work, and then she's also got, like, an evening job, so she's, like, super busy. So every now yeah. and again when she's got, like, a day off, I'll be like, right, come to my house, cook her something nice, movie marathon. And the one, the one year... Uh, Rich wasn't in. I think he'd gone to a stag do or something. So I was like, right, come over early. We'll get like six films in and we'll do some cooking and it'd be great. So, uh, you know, I showed her a couple. I showed her like Inside Out, which is like an adorable Pixar movie about feelings, which was nice. Oh, is that the one where they've got like little people inside the brain and they go, I I am sad or happy or something? Yeah. Is it good? It, It made me seriously cry because... Okay, here's the thing. The trailer for Inside Out, <laughs> just diverting from In Bruges briefly, the trailer for Inside Out made it look like a very fun romp in the brain of a child. Yeah. But, but actually, it's uh, it's quite very specifically about, like, trying to live with depression. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. So, but, like, without spoiling it too much, it's about a girl whose parents move her somewhere else and she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to lose all of her friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, basically all of her memories start to get tinged with, like, sadness and she starts to get depressed and she starts contemplating running away. And oh, there's, like, God. a bit where, like, her feelings no longer have access to, like, the, the power panel that helps them, like, run her emotions. So she just, like, goes numb. Like, yeah. it's, like, very... it's very much about depression like I came out of the cinema like full-on weeping because I was like I did not expect to relate to this so you basically go in and you're just like this is gonna be like a cute little wholesome romp about like uh, you know going through a kid's mind or something and then it's just like actually everyone's sad yeah have you have you ever had to deal with depression how about let's do it now (laughs) you know what it reminds me of (laughs) 
It reminds me of like the comic book uh, uh, version, which is like, um, have you heard of my lesbian experience with loneliness? No. Oh, God, is this going to make me cry? Okay, so here's the thing. I obviously can't show you right now because we don't have a video or anything. But um, (laughs) if you if you like Google later, I'll I'll just show you a pic later on. It's basically I this is before um, COVID. I was with Lee, our our, our friend. Uh, I was with him in in Brum and we just popped into a bookshop and this I saw this comic on the shelf and it's literally like this bright pink comic and it's got like the cover has like two girls on it. They're on a bed and it's like my lesbian experience with loneliness and there's like in silhouette there's one pert nipple and I was like um and I immediately bought it because I was like, this is going to be fun. So then I, when I started reading it, it's literally about mental health crisis and, and like depression. And, oh, uh, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> they lure, so they lure you in with the tit. But then yeah. they just hit you with like the depression on top of that. And I was like, oh, fuck. And also it just, yeah, it, it, that, it made me cry. So, you know, if you mm. want to be sad... And, uh, and it's also based on a true story, by the way. So it is like a, you know, autobiographical comic by yeah. Nagata Kabi. So, yeah, if you want to read that, um, I can send it to you if you want. <laughs> I, I do a little bit want to read it, but but also I'm like, do I need to prepare myself? <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, yeah, you do. yeah, yeah, <laughs> so much. Yes, so when uh, when I had this movie marathon with my mum, I showed, uh, have you seen Colossal by any chance? I've heard of it, but I know so I've the, not seen it. Okay, so this is another movie that what I wasn't expecting to be about feelings, but absolutely is, where it's about a girl who feels a bit like sort of lost in her life and she's in a bit of an abusive relationship, mm. uh, who figures out that she's accidentally responsible for the actions of a kaiju on the opposite side of the earth. What? So like so like yeah so like every now and again when she feels certain things this kaiju just appears like in Tokyo or wherever and like moves the way she moves and she only figures it out because she's watching the news and she starts scratching her head and so does the kaiju like it's a really weird but incredibly touching and like fucking it's really powerful it's got like a very like the ending is very sort of cathartic and like it sounds yes. like an anime it's wonderful it's really good it's got um oh what's her name Anne Hathaway in it and she's oh. so good um so I showed my mum that and she loved that and then I was like right I'm putting on in Bruges and, <laughs> and I put it and I put it on in Bruges and I, put, and I put it on and I said to her like fair warning because my mum you know I'm her daughter so she's heard all the swears in the land uh so she didn't she didn't mind that at all and uh and I said you know I'm gonna put this on but like if at any point you're like this isn't for me just tell me it'd be fine and we got to the end and she was like, she was like, do you know what? She said, I absolutely love that. It's a really fucking good film. She said, but I really wish they hadn't said the C-bomb so much. And specifically, I knew exactly which scene she was talking about. You know, the bit when they're on the phone and he's like, he calls his kids cunts. And he's like, yeah, did you just call say. my kids cunts? You take that back about my cunt fucking kids. And they just keep saying it like over and over again. And I could see my mum like visibly cringing like every time. <laughs> They said couldn't, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, mommy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, the 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 Swedish equivalent of that word, um, I don't say in front of mm. my parents because it's too it's too it's much. Too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, for anyone who hasn't watched that movie and they want to watch it, just be aware it is mm. a it is hilarious, and it is now one of my favorite movies because I, I I haven't even talked about like the characters or anything, just the fact that they are vile and they swear a lot, but like they're like played by uh, what's his name, um, Colin Colin Farrell. Yes. Yeah. Like, and he does such a good job. Like, the actual mm. plot is that they're like hitmen, and they have been put up 
and they are from um, Ireland somewhere, I guess. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then uh, they 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 did a job somewhere, um, and they had to then be shipped off to Bruges to to kind of hide for a little bit because basically uh, Collins um, his whatever his name was uh it was his first job and he fucked up and they're kind of in hiding and uh he's having like a proper sort of meltdown over this job because it turns out again spoilers that um he actually killed a kid by mistake as when he was doing this hit and just him dealing with those emotions as well is like it's he he acts it's like so well so you really feel it and then you have all of these scenes where they snort cocaine uh, you know and then it's and just like what so yeah it's it's just um it's an amazing film but you just have to be aware that there is you know a lot of swear words and there is yeah. uh, i don't think there's any tits in it actually uh, i don't think there's many considering there's so many manky hookers in there yeah yeah uh, <laughs> they actually show any tits but they, there is a lot of you know that kind of stuff yeah so. yeah my mom was like she was she, she made me laugh because we were talking about the films like all the films that we watched afterwards and she was like i wasn't expecting the one that i liked the most to be the one where they were like genuinely awful people but she was like i just wasn't you know she said i was enjoying like just watching them be dickheads around bruges and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like this heavy story about dealing with the accidental murder of a child He's like literally yeah, dealing with trauma yeah it's uh do you know what now that i think about the films that i showed my mum that day what a fucking weird marathon i presented to her because <laughs> the other film the other film that i showed her that day was have you ever seen your name no so this is an anime movie that is like I won't. I'm not going to spoil this because I genuinely think you need to watch it because it's Your fucking name. phenomenal. Okay. Your name, down. yeah. But like, <laughs> this is another one that when it started, I had to sort of like say to my mom, like, don't pay attention to these first few minutes. It's basically it's a body swap movie, and this okay. this kid from somewhere in Japan's like uh, accidentally keeps swapping bodies with this girl in like a more rural bit of Japan, mm. and that's as much as I'll say about the actual plot because it gets holy crap <laughs> like okay. uh, but it starts the film starts and i was like mom please just ignore these first few minutes with the guy waking up in the girl's body for the first time and being like i've got tits <laughs> and like having a good feel like where did these cut are these mine these are mom gonna play with them i'm definitely gonna play with them and i was like i've forgotten that this is how this movie started because it goes to such a different place like it starts off so like silly and cheeky and then it becomes like That's this. That's they want to pull in certain viewers and then they're like, <laughs> just going to smack them over the head with the feelings after yeah. that. They're just yeah. like, come on, we're just going to talk about feeling tits. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It was a proper rope dope. Like, I was like, what is. When I first started watching it, so many people had recommended it to me. And I was like, right, okay. And I started and I thought, is this a movie for pervs? Has somebody mistaken <laughs> me for a perv? Because, like, <laughs> Because here's the I'll thing. I'll definitely boy. watch it now. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, I've got nothing against pervs and I've got nothing against porn and I've got nothing against like any of that sort of stuff. But mm. being a sex averse asexual lady, mm. I can do without it in most of my films, <laughs> oh, if I'm honest. Right. Like I'm not I'm not like a prude. I'm not gonna like turn red and look away, but I'm just like, oh, this I again. Do. Like I don't enjoy it. I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing that, aren't we? <laughs> like, you know, call me when the sexy bit's over. I actually, um, I just, I just kind of like <laughs> blush and hide behind the, the pillow, and people just like, what are you doing? You just, <laughs> you, you draw, draw boobies pills. for a living. <laughs> yeah, like 
But like whenever they talk about like where, when I used to go outside and like hang out with people back <laughs> in the day, uh, like when they were talking about like smutty things and I would just like start blushing and just like, you know, not say anything. And they're just like, what are you doing, Jen? Like, this is your wheelhouse. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, oh, no. Doing it. I see. It's like for me, it's like I'm so far removed from it that I don't get embarrassed by it at all. Like I've got a really fucking lewd sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> like I can be very bawdy when I want to be. But like, but yeah, I just, I just can't. Like with films, like I'm just like. You don't need it there. And like half the time as well in films, like sex scenes are so like completely misrepresentative <laughs> of what like sex actually is and looks like and sounds like. <laughs> I feel like they like... tend to use it. They tend to just kind of put it in there as like a, either as filler or as mm. t- kind of trying to have some character development through it. Um, yeah. But you're just like, this is not really doing anything. <laughs> it's, not, it's not helping me. If anything, like... Because obviously, like, I don't particularly find it arousing. But, like, surely, if anything, all you're doing is potentially arousing a few people only to then just carry on with the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no no more to this. Like, now we're just going to move on to the next scene where we're having dinner with Grandma or whatever. And you're like, um, excuse me. (laughs) We were just naked and I need to deal with this. Oh, wait. I have a pop culture reference for this. I can't believe it. Okay, okay. (laughs) So, I watched a movie once. It was called Deadpool. I love Deadpool. And 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 they had they he did some sex stuff in that. He got pegged by his girlfriend. He really did. There you go. And that's a that's a point where like you literally there's like a part of like character development in a good way because it's yes. funny and you're also showing like their relationship and just you know how quirky he is because he likes getting pegged. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I've got no problem with stuff when it makes sense to either the character or the plot. Like, if you need to know that sex is happening for some reason, I mean, there's loads of ways you can allude to sex without actually showing people doing the naughty. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, I just, I I don't know. I just, I think it's, like, intensely weird when you're watching, like, a movie like, I don't know, Willow with your grandma. I don't think Willow has a sex scene, but, like, imagine if it did. Like, you're just watching Willow with your nan and your granddad, which is something I did quite a lot when I was younger, and also Val Kilmer in that movie. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. Um, but like, imagine if just halfway through that, like, people just started fucking. It's like, <laughs> but look, this is. Like, one, this is one, I'm thinking that like with, with with a lot of British people, like, um, I can't remember what it's called right now, but there's like a show on like Channel Four where they get naked. Oh, naked attraction. There you go. So literally, <laughs> there's something that that you guys. You British people, what are we doing? You've been watching like with with your parents or whatever on Channel Four because it was like on at like a I think at a time slot when everyone is awake because it's more yeah. like like the super naughty time slot and like and then you you're like be, being all prude and stuff. I mean, in general, British people. I'm just like and I, I, I I've never seen any kind of show like that in Sweden ever. I I find naked attraction really really bizarre because really? like like because I don't I, like okay this is going to sound really How offensive do you get on I do this? anyway carry on <laughs> I do apologize to anybody listening with uh, you know any particular bits of genitalia but personally I think I think willies are really fucking funny like I don't find them even a little bit like like I say I'm asexual anyway so I don't really find anything like attractive in that sense but like yeah I just I don't I don't find Willie's attractive and I don't and I don't I don't necessarily find vaginas that attractive either like they're they're better because they're all tucked up in there and you know you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff but like I don't know I still I'm not like it's a very practical way of looking at it isn't it it is isn't it it's like yeah yeah it's like you know you've packed your suitcase properly and um 
And so, like, the idea of, like, having to go somewhere and judge someone purely based on, like, what their it's legs like look a, like. It's like a weird and then sort be- of meat market thing. Because it's like, they, 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 they start like, yes, now we're going to look at the ankles. And I'm like, why? Like, what, what are yeah. you doing? It's like, it's like we're living in the past when people showed a tiny bit of shoulder and everybody was like, oh, my God, what a slut. She's got a shoulder out. Ah! And, like, people lost their mind. What I do find interesting about Naked Attraction, though, I've only ever seen, like, I think two episodes, and I was watching them at other people's houses. Oh, I've um, many episodes. Anyway, carry what, on. Well, what I find quite interesting is how, like, kind of inclusive it is. Because yes. I was expecting it to gonna, for, for people to be turning up and being like, her legs are too hairy, he's too fat, look at that paunchy bed. Do you know what I mean? I thought yeah, it was going to yeah. be disgusting. But actually, no. people were just genuinely quite like, hmm. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah, this. And they've had disabled people really on. Person. and Yeah, they're like, I couldn't believe that. I knew somebody who wanted to go on it. And I was like, you work in the NHS, I would advise against it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, what a weird show. Yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the final point about that, by the way, that I can't remember her name, but the lady who presents it, I mm. believe she also says in the beginning that she's bisexual herself. Yeah. So like, so she's just like, oh yeah, I like a bit of both or something like that. And um, they've had like episodes where they um, they have like trans people as well. And they have like episodes where they have someone come in and they're like pansexual or something. And so you have like a whole different, like you've got loads of different people. So it's not just like straight man, look at sexy boobies or anything yeah. like that. It's literally like lots of different queer people as well, which made me just go, wow, this is really yeah. cool. I mean, it's not sexy in any way. And no, it isn't, is it? <laughs> the thing that existed on telly. I think it's been cancelled now, I think. I'm not sure. If it hasn't, I've, I'm going to go and look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard many people talk about it. I think no. I think the, the reason, like, I've never bothered... It feels like a TV show I could probably get into if I wasn't sex-averse, asexual, because to me, it's just like, I don't get what they're... Like, I need to know somebody to be attracted yeah. to them. Like, I want to be... Oh, it's I so find out about them. Oh my god, like when they when they pick someone just because of their body or something. And they mm-hmm. actually no, at the end, they also like um get to listen to their voice because in, in the beginning it's like they don't even get to speak the people in the booths they're just standing there like pieces of meat but then and then they get like eliminated uh, one by one but then you have a few left and you they actually get to speak and use their voice and then it's like oh i like their voice and then after that they pick one and they go for like a date where obviously the cameras are following them and they depending on what happens it's just so awkward and cringy because it's the first time they're actually having a chat and like sometimes they're just like completely like stone face sort of silent just going I don't know what to do I've already seen your tits like I don't know what to do anymore <laughs> so I really recommend like just watching that bit if you just like a bit of cringe because like, <laughs> like what do you do if you're on a first date when you've already seen the person naked like does that just break the ice or does that just make everything weird I was going to say, I find, like, first dates or, like, well, I mean, the first time meeting anybody, really, whether it's a date or not, Mm. I just find massively cringy because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Am I Mm. talking too much? Am I talking too little? Like, do they hate me? They probably hate me. Does my nose look weird? Probably. (laughs) Like, just all these wonderful, you know paranoid thoughts just swirling around in this insane bonce of mine yeah so like yeah the idea of like meeting somebody but also we've already seen each other completely naked is just what on earth what on earth (laughs) i did like television 
It's madness. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We, we completely got off track. Um, we've completely got off track. <laughs> and I, I genuinely don't remember how we got. Oh, I think we were talking about your name and I was talking no, about that was it. Sorry. the boy fondling his newly... That was it. That was newly it. Yeah, yeah, chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but that film is, is genuinely amazing. And like... Look it up. Oh, if you can get hold of it, because it's also like gorgeous animation-wise. Is it on like, there's like, uh, I, I don't know, because I think I watched it I want to say I watched it on some streaming service, but I can't remember which one. But then I, I just immediately bought it on a Blu-ray because I was like, I need to have this because it's oh. so wonderful. Oh. It made me cry. Like, it'll make you cry. <laughs> like, just oh, brilliant. That- I can't wait. <laughs> I love crying. <laughs> you know how we're talking about films where, like, you think it's going to be a fun romp and then it's like, have some emotions. It's yeah, I wasn't prepared for this. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do, do you want to talk about role models, which is much more oh. of a just funny film? <laughs> right. OK, so this was the one that I was the most uh, sceptical by because uh-huh. like bef- before I watched it, because I was like, OK, because we, we started off by watching In Bruges. And I was like, this is just incredible, because um, as a general rule, I love British style humour. I think yeah. it's just hilarious. Um, and I was just like, oh, no, this is going to be very american isn't it and it's just gonna be like oh we're going into schools and it's gonna be all in a school and they're just gonna be like wow isn't high school difficult and i'm not gonna give a shit so i was just like i was already like this is gonna be shit but i didn't say it but i I probably did say actually to him but whatever (laughs) so yeah so so i was just there like okay i i don't really know what i'm gonna think about this one but then it turns into like this like the first five minutes it's just like uh, Paul Rudd, uh, who is um, amazing, by the way, mm-hmm. an amazing actor, and yeah. uh, Shaw- Sean William Scott. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, was also amazing, but I don't know what else he's been in because, again, I don't watch movies. <laughs> a, 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 pr- a pretty a pretty white boy, okay? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, these two uh, men go to, to various high schools and try to sell uh, like a horrible energy drink to 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 like high school students and that just basically like makes you like piss green and it's just poison um and they're both like in their 30s and uh paul rudd's character is just like what the fuck am i doing with my life uh trying to sell poison to children and the other guy is just like hey i'm having a great time and literally that the introduction to his character which i thought was brilliant god what Everything I'm talking about is going to be just sex based, isn't it? Anyway, the introduction <laughs> to his character—I didn't mean for this to be the case—but um, is literally he comes, he comes rolling in, um, and he has like a lady in his car. Is this it, actually no? It is the lady's car. He's just in the car. He gets out of the car to meet Paul Rudd, and he sniffs his fingers as she's sort of <laughs> driven off. Mm-hmm. And he like looks at Paul Rudd and just goes, "Yeah, you know, I had a good time." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh wow, he's a piece of shit." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're both just these two piece of shit people and they're just he's very immature and the other guy is just like depressed and just a really sort of mean person. And um long story short, in the beginning they have a a little bit of a meltdown and they crash their car um and they have to like go on community service. So instead of what I thought was going to be the case where they would have to go into schools and be role models, they actually go into this special community service program where um i can't remember what it's called but they are like bigs for littles and the littles are kids that like haven't got any parents or something so they like take care of them 
for a, a, a short period of time every day or something like that. So they had to like be they they have to pick they they get like a child um, assigned to them essentially, and then from there on they have to like try to bond with this child. And Paul Rudd's character gets a kid who is. <sighs> He's the oldest one of the bunch. He's like a teenager and he is a turbo nerd. And I felt mm. personally attacked the <laughs> whole thing because he's he's wearing a cape. And I'm just like, I've literally got a cloak. He's, he, he's got like uh, LARPing weapons and he does like, uh, you know, LARPing and like role playing games and stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, I I did that as a kid. I never got into LARPing because I was too scared. But like I did all of the other shit. And like he talks you know like oh wow uh, all ye all the english you know mm-hmm. all that shit um so he's a turbo nerd who doesn't he doesn't know how to talk to girls and the other guy you know the guy who smelled his fingers in the beginning he gets uh, he gets assigned the the most troublesome kid who is like what like i can't remember actually how old he is he's like a maybe seven or eight year old mm-hmm. uh, black kid and he is just the i would argue the best actor in the whole show. He is an absolute like, terror. An absolute terror. He is a little shit, but he's also really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they throughout the movie, they basically, you know, you know how how this kind of story goes. You know, they are both assholes, and then they slowly kind of actually start bonding with the kids, and you know, it turns into like, uh, wow, I'm actually feeling feelings now, and all that stuff. But it's it's just. It's just really, it's a really funny movie, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you're just like, I'm literally watching two assholes yet again being charismatic. There's just something about all of the movies I've been recommended by my husband, that it's all about complete dickheads. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that it was great, but like, I just felt personally attacked by it the whole time. Yeah, the role models for me, because um, I remember going to see this at the cinema with Rich and our friend Steph, and me and Steph lost our absolute minds when the kid, when he's, so Paul Rudd's character's like girlfriend broke up with him at the start of the movie oh, because yes, he hasn't right, got his life that. together and all this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And because he's like one of these like pedantic assholes that gets mad at having to say venti instead of large, you know. Oh yeah, he's a, <laughs> he, like a, he's a, he's like a service worker, so you know what, you know what kind of yeah. guy he is proper dickhead yeah um and there's a bit where he's like leaving a message for his girlfriend or phoning her or something like his ex and he's trying to get a get her back and whatever and the kid starts like giggling to himself and he's like tell her you miss her whispering eye or something (laughs) (laughs) and he says it on the phone and then and then as soon as he hangs up the kid just like cracks up laughing he's like it means vagina and like (laughs) me me and steph lost our minds in the cinema because i was like that that kid so it's for those who haven't seen it, it's Christopher Mintz Plass who goes on to be like the arsehole in Kickass. Um, oh, yeah, like he's he's such a weird actor because he still looks like a child as well. Like he was in Promising Young Woman, was it last year or the year before, whenever that came out? Uh, and he still looks very, very young. But like in this movie, he just looks so pleased with himself at getting an yeah. adult to say whispering eye to another adult. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's such a nerd. Oh, my God. he really is. But like. I was saying to Rich when we came out of the cinema because he was like, he's such a nerd, it's almost unbelievable. And I was like, the thing is, though, Rich, I was very much like that as a child, except I didn't laugh because I was scared of improv. I can't do improv. I can't act mm. off the top of my head. Like, give me a script. I'd happily learn it and do some acting for you. But, like, put me in a forest with a bunch of other people and be like, right, we're going to, I don't know, 
no that was do a battle to today like, I was, like no yeah I was in, I was kind of invited to that kind of stuff and also I was invited to that stuff uh, when I was when you know here in the UK before mm. the bad times and um I, I just put it off because I was like I do want to join in I really do because it's it's so up my my street like it's mm. it's all about being like uh, you know it's literally like role-playing but also you get to dress up and like you, you get to properly be in character and you get to like have little swords and stuff and it's it's all just it's just next level but at the same time just like i wouldn't actually dare to go and and, and smack no. anyone with a sword I'm just, yeah, too scared. Really, <laughs> absolutely i could never do it like somebody invited me onto a like virtual like D group that they were doing throughout lockdown and i was oh. like I, th- I thought to myself about joining and then i just thought i don't i can't just be a character <laughs> like have i don't you, know how have you ever tried like D no. or anything no so like so gaming wise I do play like a lot of board games and card games and things and Mm. we have like in the before times we used to have fairly frequent like game nights and stuff but anything that requires any sort of level of like so I'm not very good at strategizing and I'm also not very good at like bluffing and stuff so so like so like any games where you have to be a character and try and like fool other people so like Mm. one game that I do like have you ever played one night ultimate werewolf no so that is a game where the essence of it is is that you depending on how many people are in your group some of the people are assigned the character of villager some are assigned werewolf some are different villagers like some of them will be like say the mayor one of them will be like the town drunk uh, Mm. and all that sort of thing and basically nobody knows who anybody else is Ah. you will get like a card to tell you what you are and basically you get like x amount of minutes for you to ask each of the questions and to like figure out who are the werewolves and at the end of your five minutes or however long it is everybody in the party has to shoot who they think is a werewolf oh yeah 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 i know what you mean i know what you mean oh i really enjoyed it but i'm crap at it because if i'm if I'm a werewolf, I'm very obviously going me. A werewolf? Nah, get off, mate. Me? Have you seen? Me? Have you seen me? Oh no, of course not. Of course not. And I'm sweating, <laughs> and I'm bright red, and I'm stumbling over my words. Like it's everybody's like she's definitely. This sounds a bit like um, Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Have you played that? No, I've never watched Battlestar Galactica. Is that really bad? Am I going to get my nerd card revoked? Daisy. <laughs> This is the first, okay, oh, this is no. the first time I've ever, ever been able to do this to anyone else. Because normally I'm always someone on the receiving end. I can't believe you haven't watched that. It's it's like, it's brilliant. And uh, But don't watch the last few episodes because they're shit. But like, um, and I, if anyone says that the last episode is good, I will fight you. But I'm a pacifist. But I'm, I will still fight you. Like, it, yeah, let's not even go into that. But like, it's so good. The music is brilliant. And it's just Oh my god! You give it a shot. Just watch. Um, I can't remember what it's called. If it's called like Forty Two or something like that, I can't remember Twenty Four or something. I, it, I look. I, I I watched it like ten years ago. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's <laughs> such, like I love it because it's it's such um it's so good when it comes to all of the characters and everything. And it's it's all about like deception and stuff because obviously you've got the Cylons and they're like the bad boys. And you sometimes they've also got flesh suits. So now you don't know who's the Cylon and who's the person and who's like a silent sympathizer. Oh, wow. And it's just like, oh, it's all just drama and intrigue. And I, oh, I love it. And also I, you know, um, the, the some of the Cylons are in incredibly attractive but also the, the music is great i really <laughs> highly recommend it um but the, okay. the actual 
the board game is is great because it's it's you you literally get like those uh, cards I think where they say like yes you're a Cylon but you can't let anyone else know so then you have to like try to sabotage things for other people without them realizing and then uh, and then yeah. so you'll be like oh gosh I'm so sorry I left the airlock open I didn't mean to and then it's the and then finally they'll probably like realize that you were the Cylon throw you and throw you in the jail or something like that but yeah that I. <laughs> That's, I love those types of games because I, I just love like yeah. I just love fucking with people <laughs> you love a bit of deception I, I would recommend One Night Ultimate Werewolf there. The, the, the character that I find the most interesting in that is if you get the character of the town drunk so the point of the town drunk is he wants to die so when you're the drunk you have to try to convince people you're a werewolf but without actually out and out going oh I'm the werewolf because obviously nobody would believe you or they'd know you were the drunk straight away so you're basically you have to do things like sow seeds of doubt about other people so then the people go oh actually she's really like throwing shade on like all these other people to try and make maybe she's the werewolf like so i I found that one really interesting because when i was the werewolf i'd just panic and i'd be like no me never of course not i bet you'd be amazing like playing poker (laughs) (laughs) oh i tried to learn how to play poker once Oh no, it's dreadful. So I try, a friend of mine tried to teach me how to play poker, and uh, and like what he did was because he was very kind. Was he let me play with somebody else, like sort of sitting next to me, so they could like help me a bit. And the first few rounds didn't really count, so it didn't really matter that I didn't have a very good poker face or whatever. But then we started playing, so like I, I was like, right, I'm confident. I know that enough of the rules now that I can have a I can have a crack by myself. And like literally, <laughs> I got like handed my cards and I picked them up and I went. Ooh. <laughs> there you go immediately <laughs> just like the first thing i did was like ooh, because like, i was so excited to be playing by myself and recognizing oh, i've got a good hand here but then literally everybody else just looked at me and was like should we start again i was like let's do that. let's try it again <laughs> you, need, you should just be wearing a mask while playing poker oh and then God. you know people, yeah, can't see, people can't see half of your face <laughs> Just put like a full balaclava on. Yeah, like, yeah. No, no one will know. Poker, actually, never mind. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, I'll only do that if I ever play poker in my house again. Definitely won't do. It. Like, imagine, Can you imagine, imagine like if your mum walks in? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, she'd be like, "What on earth is happening here?" Oh. Anyway, <laughs> really I've been for a really long now. time. <laughs> do you know what? After the past couple of years, it, you know, I think. People should be ready for anything with me because my brain has turned into oh, mush, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Like, I, my my time perception has completely gone out the window. Yeah. So, like, I've I've actually just recently started using um, an app that helps me to track the time properly because I don't actually know oh gosh. anymore. It's really bad. But like, I'm using. Uh, have you t- heard of the Pomodoro technique? No. Okay, so um, in a nutshell, basically you focus for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. Then you focus for 25 minutes, take a five minute break. So that that way uh, you you kind of train your brain to really hyper focus on something for a, for a short period of time. And then you get to just relax and then you get into it again because then you can get as like loads of work done in that time frame. And uh, rather than like procrastinating or, you know, getting distracted by things and then realizing that you haven't done anything and suddenly it's five o'clock and oh, whoopsie. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I've, I've actually just since I started using it only like two days ago or something, I've I realized two things. Um, I've realized that 
uh, I get distracted really easy um, before, but like Me before too. I start using it's it's really bad. And and uh, also that the things I thought didn't take any time at all actually t- take three times as long as they do as I thought. And the things that I thought would take really long to do, like for example, like paint a page, can sometimes take like less than an hour. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> So I I don't understand how time is is passing anymore, which is a very odd feeling. But yeah, I highly recommend yeah. it. I can I can show you the the app later if you want to. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be really great actually, because like I fancy it's working from home. Like I do. So I do, t- I do get all of my work done, but like I often have periods where, and I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast that my boss might hear one day, but yeah, yeah oh well. Um, <laughs> I don't think she listens, thankfully. Um, like there'll be there'll be some days where my motivation and my enthusiasm are just like entirely gone. So I will spend like an hour doing pretty much nothing. Like I might answer the odd email as it comes in or faff on my phone a bit or whatever. And then at like because I finish at four or at like three o'clock, I'll be like shit and do like everything in that last hour. And that that doesn't happen to me like a lot, but it does happen enough that I've started to feel quite bad about it. <laughs> so it'd be great to be able to like focus my life and my time because sometimes as well because of working from home like I don't have that you don't have that like office connection no and like because I used to work in an, in an open plan office mm. so even though I'd probably get a bit less work done when I was at the office because I get distracted more often it's actually quite nice every now and again to have a little break and talk to Dave yeah, <laughs> or I, talk to yeah. Kirsty <laughs> Uh, whereas at home, I'm so, just like, like if you uh, if you go to the office, uh, you you're literally leaving home to go somewhere else to do something, and then you have a set mm-hmm. time when you go home, and you're hopefully not working when you're home because you have clocked off, as it were. But like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I work from home full time, so uh, and especially I think when COVID started, uh, it that completely like messed up my entire work pattern i think and like right now i'm i'm sitting in our living room which is my office because if um if we had set up in a way where i had my own office somewhere else uh, my husband would like never see me which is bad so like um, i just literally have like the living room also double up as a workspace uh, which is probably not very healthy but here we are Well, this is the thing. I mean, my so mine and Richie's house is very, very small. Mm. And um, and we decided because we both work from home now. So we decided that um, Rich would have the spare room and I would work in the kitchen because I thought that'll be fine. It's got a good table, you know, whatever. And we both got ourselves like, you know, good off chairs so that we weren't sitting on like shitty, you know, wooden kitchen table chairs for like seven hours Oh, yeah. but like now i i like actively hate my kitchen <laughs> like every time i'm in there i feel like i'm about to be at work and like i hate cooking now because i'm in the kitchen and i just want to be somewhere else yeah, <laughs> like, I just really yeah well you start associating that with with work don't you so it's just like you yeah. even it, it's like subconscious as well because you don't really switch off because like your body just goes mm. oh i'm in the work zone now so i'd better stop thinking about work so like it's yeah. it's those things where um i'm thinking like that i might start having like a a separator screen or something um yeah. so that in in the future like we've we've moved into this house only a few months ago so it's it's still pretty new but i'm thinking of having some kind of screen thing you know those like paper big paper screens that you can get 
foldable yeah. things. Yeah, I was thinking of getting like a couple of those maybe. And then just like when I'm not at work, which, you know, sometimes that happens. Um, I can actually like, <laughs> I can sort of screen off my so work like, area. Off like, that, yeah, it's like you're yeah. not allowed here. It's a crime scene. You're not allowed to come in here. Just like chill out. <laughs> so like that, that's kind of where I'm thinking about doing things now because uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not healthy, is it? especially no. when you you know when you're not going outside so yeah yeah like i mean i don't know how I, my episodes lately just end up with lots of like life advice for people <laughs> two years into a pandemic but you know what i'm not going to argue with it at all because genuinely i think if anybody listens to this episode if the only thing you took away from this is like learning to manage your time at home in a pandemic thank god for that yeah because, <laughs> because like, also like, watch oh some movies so where they say the c word a lot yeah do that that'll cheer you up it'll definitely cheer you up <laughs> like because here's the thing a lot of people i have been into the office every now and again because like uh, i work for a charity so i have to go in every now and again just to see if there's been any like checks that need banking or whatever mm-hmm. um and so like the couple of times i have been in the office oh my god the number of people that come up and be like oh god working from home or all right for some and i'm like it isn't mate it's shit. like in the sense of not having to commute it's better in mm. almost every other sense it's way worse <laughs> I don't yeah, see other yeah. people but I talk to it like if I talk to anyone it's on teams and it's like hello yes you're on mute ah like you know it's just oh it's a disaster man like yeah. if I the, the perfect thing for me would be if I could if I could work in an office that was like a five minute walk from my house because then I could be somewhere else but I wouldn't have to get a bus with dirty people <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty dirty people on the buses <laughs> anyway we've been waffling for a really long time and I really want to get to the only segment this show actually has because I think we've both got some very good yeah I think we've both got some very good choices this time so I'm excited Jenny do you want to tell everybody what uh, what song you'll be recommending for them to have a listen to oh please please if like if you do anything (laughs) please go and and just go into YouTube or whatever and just type in Eskimo call boy we got the moves Okay, so like um, this is a band that uh, it's a German metalcore band, and I had no idea that they existed. They they are super popular. They got like several million views per per video now, um, but like they are um, very unique shall we say and I was on uh, my live stream (laughs) I was on my live stream the other day uh, because basically I stream on Twitch four times a week so I basically have like a virtual office with other people essentially I get to talk to others while they're also working from home it's it's a nice little thing we got going on but yeah I was on there and one person in the chat was like Jen have you heard of Eskimo Callboy? And I was like, no, what What are you talking about? That sounds weird. And I'm not sure if that's inappropriate. What, what are you, what's going on? <laughs> so, so they were like, um, I'm going to drop a little link for you to something, to, to their song Pump It. Uh, and it looks like it was made for you. And I was just like, okay so the stream ended and I was like you know what I'm not gonna click on this but I'm, I'll just go and have a look like at the, at the just the, the screenshot because I was like I'm busy I've got other shit to do so I went and I looked at just like the little screenshot you see on the YouTube page of the pump it song and literally it's this German man in like full 80s you know mullet and he's got the 80s uh, workout gear on he's got a tash and it's you've got all of the very sort of gay looking colors behind him and i'm like okay so i click on that and what happens is like you get three minutes i think it is or something of the most hard 
outgoing, fantastic metalcore music ever. And um, after that, I just started binging all of their music, uh, which led me to We Got The Moves, which is now my favorite actual song of theirs, um, because it's just one of those, those songs where if I had the time and the skills, I would definitely be making like a version of to that song of like a music video of my life to that song. <laughs> Because it's like yeah. like a day as a comic book artist, but to that to that song, because it's just absolutely it's such oh, a it's such a it's so good and it goes really really hard. So like you you start off and you're just like oh this is this is this is nice this is a bit weird. Also by the way, warning if you if you actually go and look at it on YouTube, literally the first five seconds of the song you get to see a. a not a plush dick, but a um, a plastic penis. So just mm-hmm. be aware of that. That's like the first yeah. five seconds. It's just a plastic penis right there. And I was just like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what sold me? It was the tiny hands that they're wearing on yes! the ends of their fingers with tiny microphones in. I, know. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. This is so good. <laughs> I know, I love this. When you sent this to me earlier, I was like, oh, what's Jenny getting me into? <laughs> Um, and then I popped it on. I mean, Pump It, what I love about Pump It is at the start of the pandemic, I joked with Rich about um, how I really wanted to make like uh, an aerobics video, like a DVD, like a Rosemary Conley style, like DVD. But I wanted to do it with like alternative music and like rock music and like metal and stuff. Because yeah. I was like, when I think of all the songs, when me and my mum used to do Rosemary Conley videos back in the back in the day when they were actually you know videos rather than <laughs> dvds like all of the songs were like uh like billy joel or like what's that one where it's like get out of my dreams get into my car and oh, like yeah, all yeah, of yeah. this i don't know what it is but i know what it is <laughs> like proper cheesy pop and i was yeah, like yeah. i would love to put a dvd in and it's just like fucking ramstein and like corn and shit <laughs> and I was joking about doing that and then you sent me that that video for pump it and I was like oh my god this is a thousand percent what I was thinking of but like yeah. a million miles better but it's so have good. another song called hyper hyper which mm-hmm. is um like it again it's just they go for this kind of 80s uh, I, it feels I don't know if the actual band members if they are queer in any way I haven't looked it up but I get such like mm-hmm. queer energy from them yeah. um, and they're just having so much fun and it's just like all of the actual if you look at the the pump it music video they're literally doing all of these aerobic exercises and all these like uh, things while they they're doing the actual like singing and stuff and i've been watching because i've been binging this a lot okay i've been watching like behind the scenes and stuff when they are making that music video and it's just yeah. intense because they have to learn to do all of these cho- cho- choreography how do you say it choreography choreographed choreographed there you go choreographed (laughs) moves my god even i wasn't very confident (laughs) in that (laughs) yeah they have to like learn to do all of these dance moves and also like do the singing and and it's just it's it's so impressive on Mm. on a completely like new level and you can tell that they're having fun and they tried to get into eurovision with that (gasps) song they didn't make it which oh, no. made me so angry because, you know, Lordi from Finland got mm. in and, you know, they won, didn't they? Because, like, they yeah. were metal and they were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, I'm just telling you that if they got in, if Eskimo Callboy had gotten in with Pump It, I think they would have won it. No joke. Yeah. 
Like, did you did you recently see now I can't remember what country it was, which is really bad, but there was like you know how every country has like X amount of songs and like only one gets through kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is one country where the song is about like being it's it's a, it's essentially about like taking care of the world and like eating less meat and stuff. But the first line of it is I don't eat meat, I eat veggies and pussy. And like <laughs> and I like I'm going to have to find a link to it for you and send it to you because it is Please, one yeah. of the best songs I've ever heard and if that gets through to this year's Eurovision I'm fucking voting for it. I don't even care what else okay. comes up. Please like imagine Imagine getting onto the Eurovision stage and just shouting that you don't eat meat, but you do eat puss. Like, good <laughs> Lord. I would love that so much. Why didn't you send that to me, Stacey? I'm going to say, I will. I'll find it and I'll say, I've, I've made a note to myself. I've written down veggies and pussy. Right. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to get off this call. You're going to forget everything. You're just going to look down and be like, what the fuck just happened? Why does it say veggies and pussy in my notes? Um, that's not the song I was going to recommend everybody. Uh, <laughs> The song I chose is vaguely more sensible. Um, so I, I picked a track called White Whale, which is the first single by a band called Shadow Academy, which is a, a name I really hate. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's a terrible name for a band. Um, you made me think of like that um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, me like, too. Oh, is this going to be like a comic book thing? But the, the animation was so lovely. The music is really oh, good as well. But I you love know what? the animation. So, the animation so their music video was animated by a guy called simon mako who's done he's like a brilliant animator in his own right anyway but he's done a few music videos for uh one of my favorite bands ninja sex party yes and, yes. <laughs> and so the singer on in shadow academy is actually dan from ninja sex party uh, Dan, the, uh game grumps dan yeah dan have a dan that's the one um yeah. so what this was is basically him and the and jim roach the producer who works on all the ninja sex party albums like mm. basically spend so much time together like producing all their tracks that they realize that they both have like a massive love for like classic literature and like 70s like prog rock and stuff and mm. so they decided to start writing music sort of based on both of those things so this first track is like based on moby dick and it just fucking it's rad man yeah it's, it's amazing yeah people should just go and look at the like listen oh, to it, it and what watch the animation it's just wow like it's yeah. really really good so good like i could i could watch simon mako stuff like all the time i think mm. he's wonderful and the song itself like it's funny because it it came out a few weeks ago and me and Rich only listened to it for the first time like last week because in our head we heard Shadow Academy and we thought it was going to be like sad emo folky bollocks and we were like oh <laughs> it could be asked with that and then the other day Rich was like look we've got nothing else to do let's just put the video on and at least you know bask in the glory that is Simon Mako's animation and I was like yeah all right let's do that and then he put it on and the, the song fucking goes man mm. and I was like oh this is really good <laughs> Like whilst we were watching the video, I was like, I'm just going to go on Spotify and just just add this to my list of songs from 2022 that are rad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, go and listen to go and listen to both of those songs. Yeah, uh, I've got a playlist going on Spotify of all the songs that me and my guests have picked. So these will be on there for oh, people oh, to. Oh, you're putting you're putting. Uh, we got the moves on there. Absolutely. Oh yes. hell yeah. Everybody's going to be grooving the shit out of that (laughs) after this episode. It's so good. (laughs) Jenny, it's been such a delight talking to you. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your work and where they can find it before we do a little skadoosh? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on stage. It's been so nice. It's been been lovely. And I can't believe that we haven't, like, properly had a chat for, like, a long time. Bloody COVID. 
yeah, good lord. So, suppose, yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, if, if people want to find out more about me and my stuff, um, you can literally just go onto my website, which is my name. So it's uh, yennyyulblad.com. Um, and that has like all of my comics and all of my stuff on it and all of my links. Um, but I'm also on Twitch. Uh, four times a week which I think I mentioned at least twice so far because uh, it's, it's kind of turned into a big thing for me now like recently uh, but yeah I'm on there so I do literally live drawing um, and I just do anything that's safe for Twitch because Twitch obviously has a policy that you can't show anything nude or anything so I don't actually show a lot of my work on there but the stuff that I can show I, I paint on there and we sketch and we do like uh, sketch requests and stuff so if people enjoy watching someone do traditional art live while she's having a chat with people then you know you're more than welcome to come and join us we have like a lovely little community there now and it's growing quite a bit which is terrifying um <laughs> but yeah so that's really nice and uh, i'm currently i've just finished a uh, my my second horror comic which is called promenade which is about things i have legitimately seen when i have been out in the woods with my lovely little dog uh so Love. that's available to buy both as digital and physical if people want to on my shop on my website and i have also just finished a kickstarter for my first ever art print uh, which is like of these uh, witch witches and stuff so people can go and have a look at that if they want to there's you know there's links everywhere on my website and also finally finally <laughs> i am literally in the process right now of finishing up oh it's taking so long <laughs> finishing up this bloody genitals artemisia comic which genitals artemisia is the third genitals book for anyone who doesn't know genitals is my most popular work which is smut it's hentai <laughs> it's porn it's all that stuff and artemisia is my first like long form comic so it has like you know it has like a story uh, kind of <laughs> uh, so like I'm having to really think about things properly and like edit things and it's just it's weird to try to do a story and porn so I don't know anyway so that's being finished up and hopefully that should be out quite soon because I have to you know prep that for press as well and for print and stuff so yeah and after that I'm actually going to do something quite scary and I might want to talk to you later on about it if you want to. Um, I am going, this is quite a few months away because uh, I keep on putting it off because I'm too scared. Uh, <laughs> but literally, I'm going to be uh, doing a, uh, a a comic book about my grandmother's life during uh, World War II uh, because we oh, found yeah. a bunch of her diaries uh, when we cleared out her house. And uh, yeah, I could talk about that for another at least two hours, so I won't start. But like, if you ever want to have a chat about like autobiographical comics and like trying to deal with real life, and that includes stuff like being brought up in a religious sect, dealing with um, Nazis during, you know, obviously that kind of thing, dealing with uh, the border of Finland being like burnt up by Russians and, you know all of that then you you know we can have a chat i kind of have to deal with trying to actually do it justice because it's real yeah. shit rather than just some funny smut so <laughs> yeah that's coming anyway wow that sounds like it sounds heavy and i do oh, i is. do not envy you that one 
that work. No. But God, that's going to be amazing. Because, like, for anybody who doesn't know Jenny's work, it is absolutely gorgeous, stunning. And even though, personally, I did buy the first Jenny Tales, but I didn't get the second one because, as the aforementioned sex-averse asexual lady, um, Mm. it wasn't, let's say it wasn't for me. Well, I totally Um, understand. Like, it's literally, (laughs) it is literally just people boning. So Mm. it's not going to be for people who don't enjoy people boning. Like... I I really did appreciate the art though because I think there are certain uh, this is going to sound really potentially very weird coming from an asexual person but I do think there are certain kinky things that are very very like pretty Hmm. like I think rope play is gorgeous and I could just yeah yeah, I could just look at pictures of that like all day but not legitimately beautiful though it really is you know how to do it like it's just Mm -hmm. absolutely stunning so yeah yeah. um but yeah Jenny's work is like gorgeous watercolor like just so beautiful to look at so i can imagine this is going to be amazing Uh, we'll see (laughs) (laughs) oh bless you oh it's been so nice chatting with you again i don't want to go but i've got (laughs) well you know if you if you want to have a chat in the future i'm around i never leave the house you just you just you know slide into my dms and uh, we can have a chat it's absolutely fine Oh, I love you so much. Oh, you don't. <laughs> right, listeners, I'll be back next month with... Uh, oh, shit, do you know what? I almost finished the episode without saying happy birthday to the parlour, 10 fucking years this month. <gasps> oh, Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Pop open a little Prosecco or whatever. Have a little have a little tot. If you want to... I'll tell you what, nobody's going to do this because I've got, like, four listeners. But you four listeners, if you have a little drinky of your choice and it doesn't have to be alcoholic, I'm not saying you've got to have an alcoholic beverage, but I would love to see a little selfie of you doing a little cheers to the parlour. That'd be adorable, even if it's tea. In fact, especially if it's tea, because I love tea. I'm going to do that. I've got a mug of water in front of me. I'll do a selfie later. (laughs) Yay! Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I'll be back next month with somebody else to waffle about something else. And um, I love you, everybody. Stay safe. Bye! Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour that's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>